Hello, and welcome to the Health in Europe podcast. I'm your host, David Barrett. We've launched this podcast to bring you the latest on WHO's work in the European region. Our region is broad and diverse, from the mid-Atlantic and stretching as far as the Chinese border, we work with fascinating individuals and groups. This podcast is about hearing their stories and how they might impact your day-to-day life. This episode of Health in Europe focuses on a very important question. Can vaccines prevent cancer? We know that cancer is a complicated and elusive disease. According to WHO, cancer is the leading cause of death globally, accounting for an estimated 10 million deaths in the year 2020. So, the potential to prevent some types of cancer through vaccination is quite literally life-saving. Dr. Nino Berzuli, who is the director of the Division of Country Health Programs at the WHO Regional Office for Europe, has extensive experience in public health. In this conversation, Dr. Berzuli sheds light on how vaccination programs can support and strengthen health systems, the progress made by the WHO European region in addressing cancer, and how vaccines can prevent certain types of cancers. This conversation is led by our media officer, Banu Badnagar. Thank you, Nino, for sharing your time with us today. So uh, if I can jump straight in. We all know that vaccines can prevent, you know, some infectious diseases, and in the case of COVID-19, can also prevent severe forms of the disease. Um, But can it really prevent cancer as well? Thank you so much, first of all, you know, for having me and uh, for this very important conversation. Um, Vaccination is the the most effective uh, public health intervention available today and the most important tool for preventing the infectious disease. But uh, today, uh, we currently have uh, about 30 vaccines that prevent infections, infectious disease. Um, But it is important to remember that the benefit of vaccines go beyond the preventing infectious disease. Not all cancers, but yes, some types of the cancers are largely, in fact, preventable by the uh, the vaccines. And this includes cervical cancer and the liver cancer. So... Most people think of sort of vaccines as a tool to protect against, you know, viruses and bacteria. Can you tell me a little bit about how vaccines can prevent cancer? You mentioned liver and cervical cancer. So taking those two cancers, explain to me the, you know, the how. Mm. How does it happen? How how do we prevent those diseases? Um, First of all, uh, cancer is a very complex disease and the research, um, continuous research, uh, expansion of the research uh, gives us an opportunity to learn and discover the, the causes of cancer. We know that the very important lifestyle and the behavioral risk factors such as tobacco use, alcohol use, uh, as well as the environmental factors such as pollution can cause cancer. 
Research has also shown that the uh, chronic infections that are linked with some types of the cancers, uh, some types of the viruses, can cause uh, uh, lead to the, the cancer. This uh, is the case with the human papillomavirus and hepatitis B virus. Um, most of the people uh, over the, the course of life uh, can be infected with the human papillomavirus, but uh, most of the time this can clean up. The body can, on its own can clean up the infection. But uh, in some cases the infection persists and uh, over the time that can lead, as I said, to development of the, of the cancer. Um, with regard to the hepatitis B virus, uh, uh, the hepatitis B virus can uh, be transmitted from mother to child during the delivery, um, but it can also be transmitted through the contaminated blood or the body fluids. Um, over 90% of uh, uh, hepatitis B virus infections uh, um, and the, the acute hepatitis uh, can be cured or the, the cleaned, um, but uh, um, over 90% of um, the babies who are infected you know, with the hepatitis B virus and over 50% of the, the children under the five years of age can uh, develop the chronic infection that can lead uh, over the time to uh, liver cirrhosis or the liver cancer. But the good news is that we have uh, the effective, very effective vaccines against the HPV, human papillomavirus, and the hepatitis B virus. That can save the millions lives. Should we be worried uh, about the HPV and the hepatitis B virus, particularly among children, for example? We, we definitely need to reap the benefit of vaccines that we have available uh, today. And, and as I said, uh, the hepatitis uh, B virus is more than 95% effective and the HPV human papillomavirus vaccine is more than 90% uh, effective. So we have the tools, we have the solution in our hands that we have to be definitely using. These vaccines are for certain uh, age and the population groups. For example, the HPV human papillomavirus vaccine is offered uh, is preventing the new is effective preventing the new infections before the person is uh, getting the exposure to a virus. So uh, that's why it is offered to the pre-adolescent girls. Um, the hepatitis B virus uh, vaccination it's, it's a part of the routine childhood immunization programs. It can also be offered to certain high-risk groups, such as, for example, the healthcare provider. So our strategy, our guidance for the elimination of cervical cancer as a public health problem by 2030, which was adopted at the World Health Assembly, and uh, very recently last year, we also uh, developed a roadmap for uh, elimination of the cervical cancer for the WHO European region adopted by all member states uh, provides the, the guidance for the member states in terms of the, uh, the coverage of the vaccine, the age, the age groups. So the, the first pillar in the cervical cancer elimination roadmap is to achieve the 90% coverage of HPV vaccine by the age of 15 years. So this is certainly the group that we primarily be targeting uh, uh, for. Okay, so that, that brings me neatly to my next question, which is uh, let's take a little bit of a, you know, a, a zoom out 
uh, to look at the European region, right? Uh, 53 member states uh, in our region, uh, the largest of the WHO regions. So how is our region doing uh, when it comes to addressing cancer with these vaccines? What's the report card like? Um, in the WHO European region, uh, we have uh, uh, 45 out of 53 member states that have introduced the HPV vaccination as a part of their routine national immunization program. So uh, we can say that uh, the, uh, the introduction of the vaccine in the European region is pretty high. But if we look at the uptake of the vaccine and the coverage of the HPV vaccination, uh, the, the situation, the picture is a bit different. You know, we have have the, the inequalities, disparities between the countries and also the within the countries, between the different groups of uh, uh, the, the population. So uh, it is very important that we target those inequalities and we address those inequalities in terms of the uptake of the vaccination. England uh, was one of the first countries that introduced the HPV vaccine, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and it, we, the data shows that uh, um, England practically eliminated cervical cancer uh, in the cohort of women that were born in 1995 and after. So this really shows that the, the vaccination, the HPV vaccination is very effective and once the uptake is very high, so the public health benefit is very high. For the uh, hepatitis B uh, vaccination, uh, almost all countries, all countries in the European region have introduced this vaccine and have the high coverage uh, of, uh, of this vaccine uh, in um in, in the children, it is part as part of the routine childhood immunization schedule. This vaccine is also uh, um, offered to certain high-risk groups, uh, for example, the healthcare uh, providers. Um, it is uh, um, nine countries in the WHO European region have already uh, achieved uh, hepatitis uh, B control targets uh, and uh, validated uh, by the WHO. So this is really big achievement and I hope that many countries in the WHO European region will follow that path. So that's that's good news. Great. That and it's nice to hear uh, uh, good news uh, and, the, and the progress and the success uh, that we're, do, we're making here in this region. So there's obviously a lot we know about how vaccines, you know, prevent infectious diseases and now also cancer, uh, thanks to what you've been telling us. But can you tell us a little bit about how vaccination programs actually support health systems themselves or strengthen those health systems? How does that work, that interplay? We know that strengthening uh, uh, routine immunization programs will strengthen the, the health system's capacity to withhold any stress mm -hmm. that the health system uh, might might have. Uh, the WHO, uh, together with the partners, has been su uh, supporting uh, the countries, the, our member states and the, uh, the national uh, stakeholders in building the resilient national uh, immunization uh, programs, uh, investing in training of healthcare providers investing in the cold chain capacities of the countries, um, uh, understanding uh, the, um, the community insights uh, for demand and acceptance for vaccines. So this is very important com component of uh, our work uh, with, with the countries. Um, and this pays off. Definitely investment in the routine immunization programs will strengthen the health system and it will pave the way for effective delivery of primary health care. 
So Nina, there's been, there's been a lot discussed in the media recently about the potential for vaccines against cancer uh, once it's actually developed. Uh, tell us a little bit about the future of cancer vaccines. Some stringent regulatory agencies in, in developed countries have already uh, uh, granted uh, the breakthrough therapy designation to some uh, cancer vaccines that are in the, the pipeline that includes the, the cancer for melanoma, skin cancer. And there are very important developments for other types of the, the, the cancer, which includes the ovarian, lung cancer, colorectal cancer, brain cancer. So these are very important developments that we really need to watch for and, and see you know, how, it will, uh, how it will evolve. Um, definitely, this development uh, provides the hope uh, for uh, effective treatment for uh, cancer uh, and there are some uh, promising uh, news, uh, promising developments that we really need to watch for. So finally, Nino, I'd like to ask you, what is your advice to parents who are considering an HPV or hepatitis B vaccine for their children? Get vaccinated. <laughs> Definitely. Simple. That's uh, simple. It may sound, you know, simple, but uh, it, of course we understand there are some questions and the concerns that the the parents might uh, might have, and it is uh, it is okay to have this concern, but it is uh, uh, seeking the trustworthy information, credible and reliable uh, information from the credible and reliable sources are equally important, and for that uh, it. It is very important to go uh, to uh, to have a dialogue with the healthcare provider, the parents, the caregivers. You know, need to go to the healthcare providers to have this uh, dialogue about any concern that uh, they might have in terms of the uh, the vaccine safety, vaccine use, or the impact of the vaccines. Immunization is an investment in the future, in the future of the in the healthier future of the generations to come. And if, when we know that uh, we have the effective vaccines that can prevent the cancer, for example, it is injustice not to use and not equitably use this vaccine. So get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Very powerful message there. Thank you so much, uh, Nino, for sharing your thoughts uh, with us today. Uh, and to our viewers, hope you found this informative. Perhaps you even learned something new. Uh, and as Nino said, uh, an investment uh, in immunization is an investment in your future because vaccines save lives. That's all we have time for. A very special thanks to Dr. Nino Berzuli and Banu Batnagar. This episode of Health in Europe is produced in part by Dr. Siddhartha Datta and Katerina Dekat-Reinen. The editing and sound design was by me, David Barrett. And if you would like to find out more about the topics covered in this episode, check out the links in the show notes. Also, be sure to have a listen to any of the over 30 episodes of the Health in Europe podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.